Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh, welcome, new listeners, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Film Franchise Fortnites on the Cold Pop Podcast. Um, and old listeners, you knew what you were getting into. You knew what you were doing. Um, this is a podcast where me, AJ, and my buddy Richard, um, Richard. we we watch the same film franchise once a fortnight. No, that's not what we do. We watch a different film franchise once a fortnight. Um, or it's the same then, as each other. Yeah, the same usually. one as each other. Usually, usually more time, more often than not. <laughs> um, and then we discuss that film franchise. We talk about um, what what went right with it, what went wrong with it. We talk about what could happen next were they to continue the franchise. Uh, and then um, at the end, we um, we roll a dice in the proverbial sense to get um, our next franchise in a little segment called Franchise Roulette. And on this episode, um, I after Franchise Roulette, I will also be reading out um, our backed-up <laughs> backed mailbox, <laughs> which we haven't done for a while, so it might go for, and for also now last 10 week, minutes or so. You teased that we would be having, or last episode you'll be teased that we would be having some very special guests. Um, do you want mm. to introduce them, AJ? Um, no, I can't because there was some uh, technical difficulties for whatever reason. And um, what we promised as being our most amount of guests ever <laughs> is actually our least amount it's of tied guests. for our least amount of guests ever. <laughs> um, uh, they, th- we would no point saying who they were, but maybe we'll be able to do something with them later, later on, but not today, not today. As Richard and I discuss the Nutty Professor franchise. Yep. That's it. What is the Nutty Professor franchise? Well, I can tell you. Um, the Nutty Professor franchise com- is comprised of four films. What? Um, I only know these, two. Yeah. These include an original one in 1963, then probably the most famous famous these days version would be the 1996 remake starring eddie murphy followed by the sequel to the eddie murphy film and then an animated sequel to the original 1963 one uh in 2008 a full 45 um, years after the original yeah and i tried to write down a cool statistic but it got really convoluted but then i kept it in because i thought it was funny so here's that convoluted statistic, Richard. Um, the this this franchise, the Nutty Professor franchise, um, is what I would call our second franchise, which was re- rebooted, only to return to the original continuity in later films. 
Um, the first being 101 Dalmatians, which had the original animated film, then two live action films, then a sequel to the original animated film. However, this number changes if you factor in the Evil Dead series, which uh, rebooted but then ignored the reboot for the TV series, which we didn't actually cover in our episode of Evil Dead because it's a TV series and not a film. Uh, and there's also the likes of Dumb and Dumber or Godzilla, where later films in the franchise ignore previous films, but those previous films weren't intended to be reboots at the time. Uh, and there's also Disney's Jungle Book franchise, which technically only counts if you include those weird, obscure, otherworldly live-action films in the series, which came out between the original animated film and its animated sequel, though I'd argue those films were more representative of the original books than intended reboots. Yeah, also, um, would you count, like, X-Men? Because that was what despite the initial discussion, I believe, about if there's ever been a time when a franchise has done this, and now we know that it's happened a couple of times. Um, but because X-Men did the original, uh, the Ridge Tridge, and then rebooted it with First Class, and then brought back the Ridge Tridge, and made a sequel to both. Yeah, but, but X-Men, X-Men still feel like they're, they're trying to be set in the same continuity. Yeah, true. Whereas none of these other ones do. Uh, and this is also our second franchise that is famous for an African-American comedian dressing up as multiple characters in the same family, hilariously including ladies after Tyler Perry's Medea franchise. Um, it's also our second Eddie Murphy franchise. After Shrek. Yep. Yeah. Um, is um, this our first um, one to like change mediums going from um, live action to animated? No, 101 Dalmatians did that as well. Well, like in the same continuity though. Oh, um, it might. Be, oh no, Medea did. The- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if true, you true. count the Medea continuity as being a continuity, Medea had an animated um, edition. Um, so let's get into it, Richard. Let's get right into it. So the first Nutty Professor film, which came out in 1963, was directed by and starred Jerry Lewis who like my parents know as being famous, but I'd kind of just heard the name he a couple of times in, in my life. Yeah. He died recently. Yeah. Um, that film, uh, what, what is that film about Richard? Um, it's about a nutty, um, should we call him a professor who's scientist. Uh, yeah. Nutty scientist, a wacky sort of scientist that, um, <laughs> He doesn't have much luck with the ladies. His name is Julius Kelp, and he invents a formula which transforms him into uh, Buddy Love, who everybody loves, and he's everybody's Mm. buddy. Mm. uh, So he essentially goes from Professor Frank from The Simpsons to, like... Dean Martin. um, Dean Martin, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, and being that this is an old film and, and oft considered a classic, what would you say its percentage score is on Rotten Tomatoes? What is the general consensus? Uh, I'd go like low 70s, high 60s. Uh, it's actually got 88% on oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and an interesting little tidbit. I've written down fun facts for each of our films this week, Richard. Um, a big part of this film's marketing campaign, like the poster in the trailer, urged audiences to not reveal to their friends what happens in the middle of the movie, um, wanting to keep the Jekyll and Hyde subversion a twist. This was somewhat parodying Psycho, where Hitchcock, I've written Hitchcock, uh, Hitchcock insisted latecomers to the movie not be allowed into the theatre. Um it was, I guess, part parodying Psycho, but it is interesting that back then 
the idea of Jekyll and Hyde, but Hyde is a cooler guy than Jekyll was quite quite an innovative idea. Well, it wasn't it like um, you can spoil the start, you can spoil the end, but don't spoil the middle. Yeah, because in the middle of the film, Julius Kelp drinks this potion um, and then he turns into like a Michael Jackson style werewolf. Um, very briefly, I think, as like a to put you off what you think is going to happen. And then it turns out he's actually suave and attractive buddy love. Um, anyway, so then uh, I think 30, 30 something, 35 years later? No. How, 34 years later? I don't know. The Nutty Professor in 1996. <laughs> so whatever 1996 later. minus 1963 is. 33. Um, okay. The Nutty Fucking Professor in 1996 was <laughs> directed by Tom Shadyak, whose name you may remember from Ace Ventura Pet Detective, um, which is a pretty similar film to The Nutty Professor for all intents and purposes. Uh, and he also directed Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty, um, if we're just talking about movies that he directed. Uh, he also genius. directed Liar Liar, so big big Jim Carrey guy. Um, now, The Nutty Professor 1996, what is that film about? Richard? It's um, essentially the same plot. You've got um, uh, the uh, Julius Kelp is now renamed Sherman Clump, and except instead of being uncool, he's incredibly fat. And so the Buddy Love potion he makes uh, in order, it's like a weight loss potion he's trying to make. And it instead uh, creates this Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation, much like the original Nutty Professor, where he transforms mm. into Buddy Love, who's a an athletic Jim Carrey. I mean, no, sorry, Eddie Murphy. Um, that uh, yeah has has a way with the ladies, um, but then obviously things get out of control, and uh, Buddy Love is too much for everyone, and uh, he's also along for the ride is a bunch is the clump family who's all as you said before is all played by eddie murphy in various fat suits and accoutrement wouldn't it be interesting if it was um eddie murphy's nutty professor drinks the potion and turns into jim carrey yeah like a whitewashing <laughs> kind the, of thing <laughs> imagine the whitewashing conversation that would happen then um, what percentage do you think the Nutty Professor 96 has on uh, the Actually, I guess this one would be just scraping over 60. Yeah, 64%. Yeah. Um, however, uh, it did win the Oscar for Best Makeup at the 69th Academy Awards. Yeah, it probably deserved it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. 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 Like, yeah. It's yeah. pretty good fat makeup and, like, um, you know, Gary Oldman won this year, so. Hmm. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then four years later in the year 2000 um, they dropped the the and had Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps directed by Peter Segal um, and co-written by Chris Weitz who uh, if you're struggling to recognise that name um, he also co-wrote Rogue One <laughs> uh, but then also co-directed American Pie as well as About a Boy and solo-directed New Moon. Um, <laughs> I want to get this guy to interview for, for the podcast because yeah. what a what a what an interesting career trajectory. Um, anyway, what's Nutty Professor Two: The Clumps about? Uh, so essentially, um, Sherman wants to get rid of Buddy, and so the, uh, he, he makes another serum, and it 
splits him into two. So like Buddy's his own separate person in this film and he acts as the antagonist. Mm. Uh, but however, the longer, eventually it, it comes up that the longer Buddy's out of his system kind of thing, he's just going to keep losing brain cells and it's like his yep. degeneration. Uh, and yep, then also like the clumps are a bigger part of it because everyone yep, loved him in the first one, I'm guessing. In, in the first one, um, Buddy is defeated when Sherman stops taking the potion or drinks another potion. I can't remember that essentially like stops him from being able to transform. But in the Nutty Professor two, it's revealed that um, Buddy still exists as like a strand of his DNA. So occasionally he'll blurt out these like sexist and inappropriate things in public, and so he tries to take that DNA out. But unfortunately, a dog knocks it over and it turns into a fully fledged Buddy Love. Um, and then uh, eight years later, we returned back to the classic original continuity in a film once again titled The Nutty Professor or The Nutty Professor 2 Facing the Fear, depending on which Best Buy you picked up the DVD from. Oh, um, appealing so to that, international <laughs> listeners, are you? Yep. That <laughs> film was directed by Logan McPherson um, and Paul Taylor. And apparently, I don't, I don't know if this is an updated um, statistic, but the 45 years between the original film and the sequel is the longest gap in motion picture, picture history for a sequel in which the original star reprises his same role because Jerry Lewis is in The Nutty Professor 2008 um, as Julius Kelp once more, though he is not the main character however he was 80 at the time and sounds exactly the same as he did when he was in his Mm. 30s which i mean you couldn't say the same about like carrie fisher or mark hamill (laughs) their voices changed like extremely over over their careers but yeah he sounds exactly the same it's because he's doing a voice for both of them Mm, so maybe it's easier to just do that same voice rather than yeah yeah yeah, i'm sure if you spoke to him it'd sound different but, so what was the story for um, Nut Prof 2K08? Nut Pro. Um, so this one is animated, as we said, and it features Drake Bell as a young... Um, shit, what's his name? What's Drake Bell's name on the movie? Harold. Harold, Harold Kelp, who's uh, Sherman... No, Julius's grandson. And... He gets his hands on his granddad's formula and creates the alter ego Jack, who's real cool and everyone likes. Um, and then there's also like this demon monster that's inside him, which is like his fear. And then the de- and he's like friends with an alien, and the demon monster ends up coming out and he has to like face his fear. And yeah, mm. what um what audience what what has an audience score? It doesn't have a critic score. What do you think that audience score oh, very, is? Very very low. It's 31%, which means nothing considering it's an audience score and I didn't tell you mm. the audience scores for any of the other films. Well, um, um, what was the Nutty Professor 2's um, score? Uh, oh, sorry, um, 26. Right, yeah, that makes sense. So in, in order of critic score, it goes in descending order. Um, the This is such useless information, but the audience score for the, the animated film is the second highest above the clumps. But who cares? Who gives a shit? Um, sure. Okay, so um, interesting question. As a whole, would you say you liked the series? And if the answer is yes or no, it doesn't really matter, which was either your favourite or your least not favourite? Um, yeah, I did enjoy parts of them. Like, um, I actually quite enjoyed because I'd seen the Eddie Murphy ones when I was younger. 
and which is probably the right time to enjoy them when you still find fart jokes real funny. And mm-hmm. um, you, yeah, I, I did enjoy watching the first one. It's a bit more like mature in the sense that he actually like gives this big speech at the end and explains why you should just be yourself kind of thing. And it's, it's uh, there's, there's a charm to like a movie from the sixties, you know? Uh, and then, yeah, the, the first Eddie Murphy one, I you kind of enjoyed. Whereas the second one, I have like real strong memories of watching it. Um, and so there was a kind of nostalgia factor for me on that one, but it is significantly worse. And then the animated one is like, so bad but at the same time it's also like not trying to be good at all Mm. yeah it's a kids movie yeah which is weird that you'd make a kids movie out of a property that no kid would have seen yeah that's Um, the thing because not only are you making a a sequel to like an adult film but you're also like it's a 45 year old adult film like who what children have seen this um yeah, I, I, I agree with you somewhat. Um, it's weird because the 60s version is is way more popular with critics. But in my opinion, the Eddie Murphy, the first Eddie Murphy film, it like executes the central idea much better because Buddy Love is genuinely despicable in the Eddie Murphy version and is an actual threat to Sherman's well-being. And he's actually quite a good bad guy. Like, he's annoying, he's rude. Eddie Murphy really, like, encapsulates this evil character. Uh, Whereas in the original film, the 1963 one, Julius and Buddy just kind of occupy the same space together. Like, they're not really enemies as much as they are just sharing a body. Um, so I'd say the original is a more admirable movie because it's from the sixties, but the remake does it better, but still isn't a better movie. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't and maybe I guess that's it's because the like, fart the, jokes kind of drag it down a bit. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess it's to do with like the message of the films as well. Like the first one mm. actually seems to have like a clear message of like be yourself. Like you can be this cool macho brava bravado guy, but then. And it's like this is this is within him the whole time, but it goes a bit too far, and he should have just been himself because that's what the girl he was interested in actually wanted. Whereas, like, and the the um, the Eddie Murphy ones kind of just like fat people are all secretly assholes. Like, if you if you make them thin, they're going to turn into these egotistical pricks, right? Well, not necessarily because I guess so. Yeah, I guess Buddy Love is influenced by the the amount of social power he used to not have maybe so yeah that's interesting um but i don't know i think i think as well the idea like when julius in the original 1963 version takes the potion he essentially gets a comb out and takes his glasses off when eddie murphy drinks it when sherman clump drinks the potion he changes form like he loses all this weight magically and that at least is a more interesting visual way to show the change because, yeah, as opposed to just the same actor dressing differently. It's well, actually then, like, to be fair, I did actually really pre- like how different Julius, no, fucking, you know, Julius, <laughs> Julius and um, Buddy are in the original. I thought it was actually quite a testament to the actor that right. they are so different. They, they're like almost, you know, unrecognizable from each other. And it's just like you said, it's just a different while he's taking off a wig, taking off his glasses and then and acting and being confident. And it's Mm. actually quite a remarkable Mm. change. They both serve different purposes. However, 
uh, Jerry Lewis would agree with you, Richard, because um, while he was an executive well, producer on the remake and his sequel, and it's oh yeah, he's dead now, so he did agree. Yeah. Wow. Does it? Can you agree with something before someone says it? He, he would have agreed with you. Is what he saying. would have agreed with you because he was an executive producer on the remake and its sequel, but was reportedly not a massive fan of Murphy's interpretation because of all the fart jokes. Um, he's quoted as saying, I have such respect for Eddie, but I should have not done it. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's why he didn't do a cameo or anything. Eh? Yeah, yeah. He said, um, he also went on to say, what I did was perfect for the first time around, and you're only, all you're going to do is diminish that perfection by letting someone else do it. So, yeah, he pulled out of appearing in the film as a character. Well, it's interesting because it's – imagine, like, someone had to have a conversation with Jerry Lewis, one of – considered one of the greatest comedic minds of all time. Someone had to be like, no, Jerry, the fart jokes are staying. I'm right. Yeah. You're wrong. They're funny. And he was like, well, I'm not going to do a cameo. I, I, I take my name off. I want to take my name off this. He was like, well, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that someone had to stand up to Jerry Lewis and defend mm. the the massive amount of fart jokes. Like, they're not exactly essential to the plot, other than, you know, people think that fat people must fart a lot, and that's real funny. Yeah, it's the Eddie Murphy brand more than it is the Nutty Professor brand, and depending on what you're into is depending on whether or not you'll like it. I thought the fart jokes weren't very good. Personally, <laughs> um, uh, on coming up with the idea to do a remake, Eddie Murphy stated, "I'd gotten to where I wanted to do some older, some other character stuff again. I was watching one of those daytime chat shows, and there was a cartoon of a person losing weight, and you kept seeing this big body breaking away till it was a little skinny body in the middle. And I put that idea with Jerry Lewis's old idea, and I went and I pitched it to a couple of people. Nobody was interested in it. It floated around a little bit. Then I pitched it to Brian Grazer, and he liked it. Got in touch with Jerry Lewis, and he." Liked liked the idea of it um which brings me to, to this we sort of touched on this already the murphy's nutty professor series has this weirdly like for all its faults and all it's like oh it ruined the original and it's you know it's it's certainly targeted to a certain demographic people who like fart jokes um it does have a weirdly like ahead of its time message about body positivity like whereas the first the first the original film is about like being yourself the remake is more about like you're not a you're not unattractive if you're fat. Like you can still be a good person and be. Uh, I mean, it's still like I don't think you you walk away from that film as a fat person and and think yeah I feel good about myself. Well, as a fat person, I felt kind kind of good about myself watching. Well, not really. It did it did make me think um what my buddy love would be like. And because I'm like I've I've only just recently like moved on to the the fat spectrum in my life like i'm not as bad as sherman clump i feel like the buddy love version of me would be equally as skinny as i am fat and therefore we'd both look exactly the same because we're kind of meeting in the middle of (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean it's it's similar to like revenge of the nerds how in revenge of the nerds it's like everyone day to day is like you're a nerd and that's disgusting and like people just come up to sherman and they're like oh by the way you're fat and that's gross get Mm. away from me Mm, yeah yeah so um nutty professor 2 uh the clumps was of course critically maligned but um and it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on this richard the general consensus from what i can see is actually like yeah it's a really bad movie but eddie murphy himself is amazing in it like that's like um 
Roger Ebert. <laughs> it was like, yeah, Eddie Murphy is incredible in The Nutty Professor too. Um, and that's, I guess, because he's playing all the characters, all who are, you know, they're all pretty different characters and all have different personality traits and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. There's, he is pretty good in it. And for me, I remember the there's a scene at the end when he's pretty much lost all his brain cells and there's like hope of getting buddy love back into his body has all but diminished. And he, um, he's sitting there with Janet Jackson, who's his love interest in the film. And he can't remember her, but he's just like pretty lady. Because mm. it's like this real like heartbreaking moment. And I remember that. And I remember watching that when I was younger. I'm pretty sure I remember like my sister crying at it. And it was, yeah. I thought it was so moving and watching it now. I'm like, this is dumb, but <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, there's no. like there there are some like good moments of like emotional gravitas as well as his character work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. Um yeah. It's funny you bring up your personal memories of the second one, because I have a few about the the two Eddie Murphy films as well. Um I remember I I remember seeing a commercial for the first film um when I was like seven years old and all it did all it showed was um a clip from the movie where um, Sherman is having a dream sequence where he gets so fat that he's literally like kaiju-sized giant who walks around the city and like farts people <laughs> away in like tornadoes. And when I first saw that, um, I thought The Nutty Professor was a movie about a man who grew too big. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of that Kangaroo Jack syndrome where I thought Kangaroo Jack was about a talking kangaroo from the trailers, but that was also a dream sequence in the film. And so I was really excited for it. And then I think we taped it and I watched it and it's this dumb story about <laughs> Eddie Murphy and like becoming skinny instead of fat. And I was like, oh, all right. But um, nonetheless, I was really excited for the sequel when it came out. Um, but the sequel, you, you wouldn't notice this as much as, as an adult, but it's a lot more, um, the themes are a lot more mature in the sequel than like the original. Like sexy, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I remember getting the DVD out or probably videotape out um, of the second one when it came out and my mum <laughs> turning it off after, like, 15 minutes. Like, the second one opens with – I posted this uh, this screenshot on Instagram, mm-hmm. if you follow us on Instagram. The second one opens with um, Sherman, again, in a dream sequence where he imagines himself getting married and then um, Buddy Love, like, emerge, like, is trying to break out of Sherman's body. And there's the shot of him, like, his, like, head bursting out of um, Sherman's crotch. And uh, <laughs> it's so, it's like, how did I even get this far before my mum did this movie off? <laughs> yeah, it's literally the opening scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, that talking about that, I do want to focus on these, all four of these movies... And you may have seen some of them. You may have seen none of them. All four of these movies are so weird. And they're so weird in such different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, they all have something about them that is like, what the hell am I actually watching? So the the original presents it like this infuriatingly annoying character. Like, if if you don't know who Professor Frink is from The Simpsons... Uh, Julius Kelp essentially talks like this for the whole movie and he's like it's it's such an annoying thing to watch an hour and a half of yeah and so speaking of just a quick um, put a pin in that that um, 
I noticed in the Nutty Professor 2 that um, uh, Julius adopts Glavin as his yeah. um, catchphrase. That's not in the original, is it? That's just from nah, the Simpsons. I don't think so. Maybe yeah. it is. I didn't watch it closely enough. Yeah, well, because I don't I think I'd, I didn't notice it in the original, but that's a Professor Frank catch catchphrase. And yeah. so it's Glavin. like the, the student has become the, the master. And yeah. Jerry Lewis played um, Frank's dad. Oh, cool! And um, um, a Halloween special. Um, the and the the other the the for me the weirdest thing about the first movie is it ends with him as Buddy Love going up on stage at like the school dance because he's he's a university professor. Um, and I don't know it's why university. <laughs> I don't know why university would have a dance, but there you go. Um, and he slowly transforms back into. Um, Julius uh, while he's doing like a performance as Buddy and he does like the speech about how he's sorry for tricking everyone and not being honest but it goes for like five minutes yeah I I really liked it though to be fair did you I zoned out I was like oh my gosh well I zoned out I liked it though (laughs) he just keeps talking and it's like this is going on for way too long so I thought I thought that was pretty weird but um but yeah, the animated sequel, um, uh, Pro Nut Two K O Eight, that has so his character returns to the film, but ultimately the film. It f- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you agree with this. It feels like a bunch of cutscenes that were match mashed together from like a cancelled Xbox game. It does. It feels <laughs> very Xbox game. Like it's funny that you picked up on that as well because, like, you and I are both PlayStation people. Mm-hmm. But to me, it it's felt not a like, PlayStation game. It, it felt like an Xbox um, yeah, cutscene. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know why. But yeah, that's yeah, so funny. I think the Xbox were maybe more when they when Xbox started out. They they commissioned a lot more like original cartoony properties to yeah, try and like the cartoony cast, cast a net to get their um to get their like mascot. Like no one ever played grabbed by the Ghoulies on Xbox or um, Scalar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. It, it does feel like an Xbox game, and there's there's even a penultimate scene which feels like a level from a game where the characters inexplicably race on motorbikes. <laughs> it's, so it's it's like set it's set at like a academy, essentially another university. Yeah, it's, um, it's very futuristic though. Like I said, like he's got an yeah. alien friend and stuff. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so there's a scene where they inexplicably race on motorbikes, and that's followed by a boss battle with a giant monster. You know, like there is there is so much mixed ingredients gone into this film that make it. And for some reason, the result is it feels like a video game. And I'm sure the animated quality. Um, yeah. adds to that as well so yeah that's a weird one um and as we said before why was it even made maybe it's that dvd thing we talked about with david mickey evans that they had the had the rights to the nutty professor ip and we're like let's do it the fact that jerry um, lewis is in it is mm, interesting yeah. 10 years before he died sounds exactly the same he died at 90 he's 80 in the sequel and as I said, he sounds both exactly the same as Julius Kelp and Buddy Love. Um, and also in the movie, in that movie, the, um, when whenever in, in both the original and the the remake, when um, Sherman transforms and he comes up with the name for Buddy Love, it's because someone calls him Buddy. They're like, "Hey, Buddy," and he's like, "Yeah, my name's Buddy. Everybody knows Buddy." And he comes up with Love because he's trying to impress a girl. But in um, the animated re- uh, the animated sequel. It's the girl, the love interest is like, what's your name? And someone says Jack, and he's like, No, no, he sees it on a um, on a like marquee. 
yeah, like yeah, a, um, yeah. a, a ticker kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It says, it says Jack, and he's like, Jack. And she's like, what's your last name? And he goes, eh, I don't have one, or it doesn't matter. And it's like, what? You just come up with a last name. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the joke, you, you're not doing justice to that, but okay. there's um, so- he there's a whole bit with a pizza and while Jack's there and then um he offers the girl Polly a piece of cheese uh, a piece of pizza and she's like no no it's fine I've had enough I've had enough cheese for one day um and he's like yeah me too I've had enough cheese today as well and then uh, because they've just had these two cheesy guys try and hit on her mm. um and then he she's like so what's your name and he looks up at the, this ticker thing and it says. Um, Jack and he's like Jack and she's like what's your last name and then he looks up again and it says cheese and he's like uh there's no last name <laughs> okay no that, that's probably better I, to me it was more like it's so easy to come up with like a last name equivalent to love because <laughs> well, yeah it would, have, it would have been Jack cheese but he's yeah, like yeah, uh sure. okay. no alright fair enough um so moving moving on to why all these movies are weird, um, or moving back to why all these movies are weird in such different ways, the Eddie Murphy remake. Um, th- I am baffled that this movie is not up there with the likes of B Movie or Shrek um, for its like mineable content for like memes. memory, <laughs> like like the the insane and like garish special effects in this movie are so funny like eddie murphy like watching a skitty eddie murphy transform into a fat one like there's a scene where he's like sees he's transforming back into fat sherman so he like runs out of this club he's in and then someone chases him and they open the car door after he gets in his car and he like he like whip take like turns his head like like whip cracks around and his lip is real big and it's such like terrible cgi but it's so funny looking and then the movie ends similar to the first the original film where it's on stage in front of a bunch of people fighting with like and sherman and and buddy are fighting in the same body and he's his like his like arm grows real big and then his like body grows real big but then he like pushes it back into and it's such a funny unintentionally funny but also is supposed to be funny looking thing and it's like how is this not like me when i'm trying to with me after i eat gluten or something like that you know <laughs> like, like there are so there so obviously need to be memes made out of the first film but the sequel to the remake is the strangest one of all and that's why i saved it till last um um they go out of their way in this film to show that like it's not just like oh eddie murphy plays multiple characters they create shots and scenes to make it so that you see two eddie murphy's interacting on screen yeah. with each other like there's there's a there's a, there's one egregious example but just to give you a more nuanced like subtle example there's a part where sherman meets buddy for the first time um outside of his body and the camera like turns around them and so skinny eddie murphy walks behind um sherman who's fat eddie murphy they they like touch and it's seamless it looks fine it looks like they're two different actors and so it's actually quite well done for a technology that was still like burgeoning at the time in the in the 2000s in the early 2000s of having characters and who playing the two characters interact with each other um but there's also a scene <laughs> where uh, Eddie Murphy makes out with another Eddie Murphy. Um, it's it's yeah, gr- yeah. Grandma Clump making out with Buddy Love, and maybe that's a metaphor 
um, for the series that it's Eddie Murphy making out with himself. But again, it looks great. Like, oh, it no, that one was pretty bad. I thought. Do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe I, I didn't. I, I didn't have my glasses on when I was watching or something. But like, they they kiss and it's right in front. It's like a close up of of him as the grandma like sticking his tongue down the throat of Buddy Love. Which technically aren't they related? Like yeah. <laughs> the movie kind of pretends that that's not a, not a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was impressed by how much they they jumped into the challenge of having these characters not only interact but touch Make each other. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, probably what this movie deserves the most um, modern day conversation um, about regarding it is uh, it depicts a hamster. Uh, which through a bunch of wacky scientific um, miscommunications and trickery, um, it transforms it transforms into a giant hamster and then ends up raping the university dean. Um, and it's depicted as a joke. The dean like sees this giant hamster and he's got like a fur coat on and he's crawling away and the hamster's like, oh, it's another hamster and then it like mounts him and then the university dean- Because we see the hamster dean, having sex a bunch throughout the film. Oh, true, true. And then the university dean, it cuts to him and he just goes, um and you know that wouldn't fly in a movie today but it is pretty true to late 90s early 2000s comedy uh but it's also true to comedies which are sequels to movies that tom shadyak directed <laughs> because, because ace ventura 2 has a has the villain in it ends with the villain getting raped by a gorilla um Anyway, while these things are treated as jokes, um, uh, it's this 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 Dean getting raped by a hamster is being broadcast on live TV, and it cuts back to the clumps watching it. And Grandma Clump, like you could easily like push this out of your mind as like a, a bad taste joke, but then Grandma Clump says um, talks about how like getting raped by a hamster would change the Dean's life forever, and like she's like that that'll change a man. That'll be the worst thing that ever happened to him. And it's like don't make me think about it. Don't like, don't like treat it as a joke. And then, of course, by the end of the movie, the film hints that the dean might actually be um, romantically interested yeah, in the hamster. Because like that's kind of pre two thousand, pre pre nine eleven. Mm. Like, <laughs> if rape was funny enough, uh, like rape would be funny if the person ends up falling in love with their rapist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, but speaking of rapists, and also um, if the um, male is a victim. <laughs> That's funny. That's true, true, true. Speaking of rapists, though, um, did you notice <laughs> a certain name? <laughs> I did notice that, actually. Tell I, me about I it. almost didn't watch the film. <laughs> um, it's funny to think that, like, out of. So, the uh, Nutty Professor 2, or the Nutty Professor um, Facing the Fear, is. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The animated sequel. The animated one is produced by the Weinstein Company. Now, it's weird that since this whole thing has come out, I think this is the only film that I've watched that's produced by him. It's the only film I've watched that opens with Harvey Weinstein Presents. 
this is like come out yeah like it's um this is the first time i've like supported him in any way and it was to be fair i did illegally download the film so Mm, it's not too bad Mm. um i think the best case for for uh dank memory for um the nutty professor series specifically in uh the nutty professor 2 the clumps um is when the film culminates like the climax of this film is fat eddie murphy chasing skinny eddie, skinny eddie murphy as he slowly deforms from a man to a newborn baby to a oh, puddle yeah. of goop like it looks insane how does not how does no one remember this movie <laughs> how is no one like meme created again. meme after meme of this movie it's it's just insane keep an eye out for um carl popshire on twitter and instagram where you are going to see some serious plenty memory. plenty of memes um okay so uh before we move on to continue the franchise um one thing we often talk about on this podcast is actually titles um, so once again, the titles for these films are The Nutty Professor, The Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, and The Nutty Professor. Um, and <laughs> while I don't necessarily have, have a problem with nutty as a word, though it isn't a word you'd hear used anymore to describe crazy, I think The Clumps is kind of a lazy subtitle for Nutty Professor 2. Because, yeah, it's well, not what it's about. Yeah, Sherman's family certainly feature more prominently in it, but it's not really an angle that serves the story and it's more just an excuse for eddie murphy to further explore the characters like it's it's very thinly veiled as being eddie murphy being like i just want to impress everyone with how many different characters i could play and to be fair he did impress everyone with it but it's still yeah it's it'd be like i don't know what's another example where a sequel could have been called the the thing everyone went to see it for um fuck (laughs) Um, it'd be like <laughs> I'm looking at my DVD shelf. It'd be like it'd be like if Children of Men was called Unbroken One Take. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best example I can think of from looking at the DVDs on my shelf. Um, yeah, so it's, like a it's, swordfish it's a- was called Halle Berry's boobies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if um, Die Another Day was called James Bond and. Halle Berry's boobies are also in the movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's. Did you have any th- further thoughts It'd be on like the titles? Like a monster's ball was called. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Catwoman was called. <laughs> um, what you, if I do have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of annoying for this podcast to like have three of them called Nutty, the Nutty Professor. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, there's like um, the, I guess there's like the original, the remake, and the animated one. So yeah, yeah, true. It's it's quite a it's quite a um, we get every every kind of sequel you can yeah. get with this franchise. Similar to how Dumb and Dumber had a an original, a prequel, and a, and a distant sequel. This film has original, a remake, a sequel, and an animated yeah. spin off kind of thing. Um, all right, uh, continue the franchise. Do 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 Continue the franchise. That was um. Uh, a theme song we were we did once say we we're going to implement in when um, um <laughs> El Hagua El Hagua gave us it back and when we did Lady and the Tramp, but where's the Lady and the Tramp live action film? That's what I want. To know. Um, no, honestly, it just got um, fuck. There was just some announcement about it today. Was there? Yeah, hold up. <laughs> if it's not Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, they do not know what they're doing. Because Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are the Lady and the Tramp. Um, Disney's Lady, live action Lady and the Tramp now has a director seven hours ago. As of Who's the director? Recording. 
It is. Um, oh, the director of the Legend and Jago movie. <laughs> what a that, funny. Uh, what, that's so funny that like. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the um, often what we find, and it's just confirmation bias. I'm not claiming it's anything yeah. else, but um, whenever we do a franchise, there's more often than not, like probably actually more often than not, there is like news on that franchise, like not soon after we cover it. <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's actually insane. Like, even we did like Back to the Future, which which is like which is out of developments. Like, you can't. Um, and then like the this uh, letter that Steven Spielberg wrote um, defending the title, um, yeah. like came out like two weeks later. I I don't know if that was new though. I think it just resurfaced. Yeah, I but I mean, it's like it. still, it's like yeah, yeah. It's it was on the front page, page of Reddit, Reddit like yeah. like a week later. Um, yeah, there's so, there's so much stuff that happens so often. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And it's just confirmation bias. But anyway. Um, so in regards to continuing the franchise, as usual, I'm going to go through a few ways in which this franchise has already been continued or talked about being continued. Um, so probably the most significant is that there is a musical theatre ap- adaptation of the original film. Um, cool. I think Jerry Lewis directed it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's still playing anywhere. Uh, and the fictional cocktail that the original Buddy Love gets the bartender to make him in the nightclub in that original film, which is called the Alaskan Polar Bear Heater, which he makes up clearly on the spot, and it's full of like a bunch of things that would kill you if you drank it. Um, that is now listed on some cocktail websites, so I don't think it's the actual recipe. Damn, there the goes my continue the franchise. <laughs> the Alaskan Polar Bear Heater. Um, regarding a third Eddie Murphy film, there hasn't been any updates since 2010 when Murphy, while doing a press junket for Shrek Forever After, said, you know what, there might be another nutty professor. We kind of wrote something that might be kind of funny. If the studio wants, it, wants to do it, we'll do it. If you don't see it, the studio was like, this isn't funny. So we can assume... The studio was like, <laughs> this wasn't funny. Um, but I wonder what it could have been. I wonder I wonder how unfunny it could have been. Maybe it's just Eddie Murphy's lost his touch. Um, yeah. With re- recent, recent movies. Um, but as it stands, I would say the closest thing we have to a new sequel in the Eddie Murphy series would be the 2007 dumpster fire Norbit, um, where he plays multiple characters, including a dweeby nerd and his large, overweight, abusive wife. Um, I mean, you go on Norbit's Wikipedia page and you control f nutty and nothing comes up but that's just a observation that i made about the nutty professor um what's your continue the franchise um so i sort of have a couple of ideas i guess um mm-hmm. one thing that we've i've sort of brought up on the i on the podcast we've talked about especially lately is i love the idea of like um changing sort of opinions of of different things so you've got like like Revenge of the Nerds talked about doing a reboot about like how now it's cool to be a nerd and the jocks from these eighties films would be just idiots. But and so I kind of have a similar idea of um, like a jock wanting to take a nerd pill or like a nerd serum. Mm-hmm. So like flip it like that. I mean, like it's it's weird. How would you get the serum? Because of you can't like a big part of it is that he invents it because he's a genius. Um, but then there's also like the idea that so I'm just talking about a reboot, obviously. By the way, yeah. Um, the also the idea that uh, in the 2000s, like fat people were like the the looked down on ones, and it's like that's what makes you undesirable. And now that there's like health at every size and all these body positive movements, it's like what um, like 
part like subset of society is it still okay to portray as undesirable to be short men yeah he's a short man <laughs> as a short man i feel very victimized by society um, and I would definitely take a serum to make me five inches taller. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, do, I don't even need it to be that noticeable. <clears throat> okay, cool. What What are some more ideas that you've got? Uh, that was that was all. That was one idea. Well, oh, no, I guess that was two. No, you're right. Yeah, I was like talking about like like I, like a reboot, but there's a couple of different ways yeah, that yeah, you could cool. take it. Uh, in terms of like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to see a, a, another sequel with just Drake Bell and no Terry Lewis. No. And I don't, I don't want to see any more Eddie Murphy ones. No. Um, well, I've got bad news for you then, Richard, because my idea for Continue the Franchise is called The Nutty Professor Meets Dr. Doolittle, in which both of Eddie Murphy's iconic 90s characters, which are based off movies that were made before he was born, um, create some kind of experiment together um, regarding talking to animals, because that's what Dr. Doolittle can do. And then I thought, I wrote this, um, at the end of the film, Jerry Lewis's original Nay Professor and Rex Harrison's original Dr. Doolittle show up. But both men are dead. So <laughs> maybe they're digitally recreated. Who cares? Stupid idea. That's what I wrote. Um, then I wrote, maybe they all meet Donkey or Norbit or Pluto Nash or every other Eddie Murphy character since he likes to be every character in his movies. Yeah, no, that's cool. And they meet Donkey, and he can talk to Donkey, but then he's like... Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh my gosh, I can talk to Donkey. And he's like, Donkey's like, I'm a talking Donkey. Yeah, and everyone's Eddie Murphy. I want to see the Eddie Murphy cinematic universe where Eddie Murphy plays literally every person you see on screen. (laughs) Um, And they're all previously established characters as well. So you've got like Beverly Hill Cop and... um, A Thousand Words Man. Yeah, the guy from A Thousand Words or um, Dave. the guy from Coming to America and Dave. <laughs> These are the well, Coming like, to t- America is another, um, plays heaps of characters. Is, oh, true, true. Um, the, the, um, the, none of these characters would really feel that out of place meeting each other, though. Like, the reality rubber band of all of Eddie Murphy's movies could definitely be stretched to him. Like, Nutty Professor and, and Dr. Doolittle could definitely work. Yeah. Like, those characters could definitely meet. They exist in the same kind of surreal um, reality. Anyway, that was my And opinion. also, are we the... No, Daddy Day here. Yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> that's Ice Cube, uh, Richard. That's not Eddie Murphy. However, um, would if, if Eddie Murphy from Daddy Daycare showed up, would it be him being played by Eddie Murphy or Cuba Gooding Jr. who played him in Daddy Day Camp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Cuba Gooding Jr. is the only other actor who isn't eddie murphy in the nutty professor meets dr doolittle um so that's all my ideas and that's all i really had to say about the nutty professor um do you know about um dean martin what about him about Derek? well do you know who do first of all do you know who dean martin is um not in any way that i could like say who he is so he's like he was a member of the rat pack like frank sinatra sort of posse with um, sinatra um sammy davis jr um dean martin was one of the big ones but he um he sings ain't that a kick in the head that's like Mm -hmm. ain't that a kick in the head yeah yeah so he um buddy love looks and sounds exactly like dean martin and um in the 1963 in the 1963 one and um Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin were uh, Lewis and Martin. They were a comedy duo for 
several years. They did heaps of movies together, heaps of live performances together. Um, but they had a massive falling out in, uh, I think, 54. And they didn't speak to each other uh, privately or publicly for, like, 20 years. They did a couple of, like, things where, like, Lewis would have to cancel a gig so, like, Dean Martin would fill in for him. And it's like there's maybe a little bit of respect still there, but they, they hated each other. They could not stand each other. Apparently, Dean Martin got sick of being the straight man and um, they parted ways until uh, 20 years later in the 70s when uh, they had the, they used to have all these telephones and Frank Sinatra uh, was like, I think Jerry Lewis was hosting and Frank Sinatra was like, oh, I've just brought my friend here and he brings out Dean Martin and the two of them like hug and sing together and stuff like that. Um, but the Nutty Professor comes out right in the middle of this massive feud and it's essentially Jerry Lewis doing a Dean Martin impression and saying this person is a bad, everyone likes him, but he's a bad guy. <laughs> wow. And so it's actually, yeah, really interesting subtext to it that mm. sort of, I guess most people wouldn't, especially nowadays, wouldn't pick up on what might have been people, I think, because Lewis and Martin made their names together kind of thing. And so at the time, people have been like, holy shit. Like, but I think Jerry Lewis denied that it was supposed to be based on Dean Martin. Well, maybe that's why um, in the Eddie Murphy version, Buddy Love is, is more of an antagonist. is because maybe Jerry Lewis was holding back on how disrespectful he wanted to be to his, yeah. to his old friend. Um, that's cool. Yeah. All right. I learned about all these things. I was watching the, the show History of Comedy. It's a real good show. Anyone check it out. And they also talked about another uh, another person called Moms Mabley, who was like a um, early female comedian. She was like an older black woman. And um, mm-hmm. uh, Grandma Clump is very clearly yes. a Moms Mabley impression. I read I read that, um, but didn't know who that was. So I was like, I'm not going to write that down. <laughs> um, that's cool, man. Yeah. So overall, would you say you would you tell our listeners go watch Nutty Professor? Because uh, I, I imagine a lot of people have seen or have like anecdotal knowledge of the Eddie Murphy ones. I'd say check out the original. It's quite interesting, mm. and it's okay. cool to like it's cool to not only see like because uh, you know, Jerry Lewis is like considered one of the great comedic minds, um, and Nutty Professor is one of his like sort of classic films. So it's, it's cool to check that out. No. Um, one thing that we haven't mentioned, I don't know if it's like we normally mention this kind of stuff, but you know about the day the clown cried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like we didn't talk. Should we say anything about it? Because it's just kind of you, interesting. You, you, you take it. I don't know enough. Well, so yeah, as I said, Jerry Lewis considered one of the one of the great sort of comedy minds of of, of our time, well, of you know past generations. Uh, but he made this film called The Day the Clown Cried, which is a it's a Holocaust film about a clown getting sent to a concentration camp and it's like a i think it's a drama but it's like not a very tasteful one and it's never been released the library of congress has a copy of it for like cultural significance but they're not allowed to release it until i think 2024 and so then it will be made available but i think like 10 minutes of it was made like surfaced online maybe like two years ago and like uh harry shearer who voices uh, a few characters on the simpsons he's seen it apparently and says it's pretty fucking bad um <laughs> yeah so by all accounts like i think a few people have seen it and they also i think maybe like howard stern's seen it um and they all say like yeah this is real bad um wow. we can see why you buried it but it's like this lost film that um might surface one day wow that's pretty cool. Well, um, before we 
uh, read out our fan mail, um, let's do a little thing called Franchise Roulette. Ooh, okay. Well, Are you uh, ready? Am I ready? I'll, I'll bring like, up the list. More like are you ready? All right, random number. 106. 106. Okay, so 106 is the Legally Blonde trilogy. So there's oh, nice. uh, Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White and Blonde, and Legally <laughs> Blonde. So that'll be the next franchise. We were actually talking about Legally Blondes, legal, legal, the, le- the Legally Blonde trilogy recently. Yeah. Um, anyway... So we'll move on to fan mail now, but just quickly, if you like this podcast and if you liked us, then please consider supporting the show, not financially, I'd never ask that of you, but um, just by liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our YouTube channel, we do videos and stuff as well, we're also on Instagram and Twitter, um, and you can email us at cultpopshamedia at gmail.com. Okay, welcome to our fan mail section. Richard, um, you sound better. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, is that, it's amazing how just having a sore throat made it sound like you recorded that entire podcast on a laptop instead of a microphone. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, yeah, it's one of those, it's like, a, um, what's, like an optical illusion, but for your ears. An oral illusion. No, no. <laughs> No, no, I refuse to be corrected. Um, <laughs> you know so what gonna, I'm like with being corrected. <laughs> we're going to read out some fan mail now. So if you send us in fan mail, um, get pumped, get excited. And if you didn't send us in fan mail, um, you can still be excited. That's okay. Anyway. Yeah, d- d- feel free. So this has been, it's been a while since we actually um, did this, so we're going as far back as the Ancient American Pie episode. Um, so here is the comments from our YouTube American Pie episode. Um, Isaac Mount said, I just wanted to say that as someone who watched the American Pie films along with the podcast... Um, about Thank you the fu- for doing that. Yeah, what a, well, I hope more people do that. Um, what, a, what a cool boy. Yeah, he says, about the father scene, I agree with you, AJ, you're not alone. Oh, look at that. Is he oh, still a cool boy? Nah. He's um, a dumb boy. For those this who isn't don't... me this isn't me um like objecting to being corrected. Um like he's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are both wrong. Um if you don't remember what he's talking about, uh, and listener discretion advised just for this brief segment where we discuss something a bit rude, a bit lewd. Um there is of course a famous scene that Richard and I argued over in the American Pie. Um, movie, the first one where um, Kevin is uh, going down on Vicky and um, as her father is going up the stairs to her bedroom to tell her that dinner's ready. As Kevin's going down, his father's her father's going up the stairs. Um, Vicky, of course, cries, I'm coming, and uh, to which her father hears this, doesn't open the door and walks back downstairs. Um, Richard's interpretation now, of when, the scene... when Vicky says, I'm coming, what does she mean? She's like, she's... What? <laughs> she's jizzing <laughs> <laughs> she's reached was, the point of climax yes um, but of course Just look, uh, Richard, let's look at the maturity difference between me and AJ there <laughs> Richard um, Richard interprets that scene as uh, her father hears I'm coming and thinks okay she's coming down for dinner no need to um, open the door 
whereas I interpreted that scene um, originally when I first saw it, and so did Isaac, that um, maybe maybe Vicky's dad's just a real cool dad. And maybe he hears that and goes, oh, you know what, sounds like my my um, daughter, who's like, you know, obviously she's a teenager, she's a sexual being, she's enjoying um, a sexual act, I will not interrupt it and make it awkward for her. And Isaac agrees. Yeah, well, like, I, I, I feel like I need to rewatch the film and find a clue somewhere that Vicky's dad is like, wouldn't be cool with that. Hmm. Mm, I'd just say that's bad character character um, consistency. But oh, anyway, there's um, always a fucking. <laughs> I don't even think that that was just how I t- interpreted the scene the first time I saw it. I don't even think that is. Anyway, um, Brent Taylor, um, our, our regular commenter, um, also touched on a soft spot between Richard and I. So we're really <laughs> like dragging the shit out in this this fan mail section. Brent says, "Haha, since I've been specifically asked to comment on the Lost episode, which of course refers to an episode where um, I watched Home Alone sneakily instead of Die Hard, and Richard got real mad at me, um, and we never <laughs> released the episode." Um, he says, Alex, I don't know why he's call- he thinks he can call me Alex. That's a bit, um, no, oh, we're friends, Brent. That's fine. He says, Alex, I, d- I don't think what you did was that bad, but I don't also don't think it was funny enough to actually go through with, um, which is a really great summation of like everything that I think is funny. Like everything I do for comedy, it's not that good. Um, and it probably wasn't worth doing in the first place. Yeah. Like this podcast. Um, <laughs> Daniel Daniel also commented on American the American Pie episode and said I don't remember subscribing. Um, thank you, Daniel. I hope you. I hope, I hope it, you've, it turned you've out since remembered you. when you subscribed <laughs> and why. Uh, on Facebook, Craig Major commented, I was the exact target demographic for the first film when it came out. This is for American Pie still. He says, I hooked up two VCRs and made a copy of the one I rented from Video Easy. So I really enjoyed this episode, fellas. Especially liked AJ's rendition of the early noughties singing voice. Um, which of course refers to this singing voice. Uh, Richard can do it better than me, but are you feeling up to it, Richard? Uh, nah, my throat's still a little bit sore. Oh, I'll get bloody phlegm all over the microphone. Oh, come on. Um, but hopefully there's some early 2000s pop punk in uh, Legally Blonde, which will <laughs> no doubt should be. trigger Stifle's me. Yeah, there, there's bound to be. Stifle's yeah, mum, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. Um, on Instagram, someone named YoungHeady0312 um commented on the american pie post and said like the thumbs up emoji then an emoji that my my computer doesn't recognize so it's just like a square and then an orange um i don't know what that means but i thought it was funny enough to to read out like what is the possible midpoint between those two emojis (laughs) what connects what what (laughs) thumbs up plus what plus orange equals american pie (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's yeah it's like and and one of those four picks one word apps or something like that yeah yeah find the missing emoji (laughs) um on twitter we got tweeted by another podcast called premiere quest which is actually another new zealand podcast um and they actually featured some clips from our show uh on their season four premiere episode so check that out if you want the concept of their podcast from what i understand is that they're trying to score tickets to uh pacific rim uh what's it called two uh, uprising <laughs> uprising um they're trying to score premiere tickets to that which it came um, out yesterday so 
I <laughs> hope they succeeded, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, they tweeted us about American Pie and said, this ep was top-notch. I said, thanks, friend. Maybe if we keep tweeting each other, Jason Biggs and Eugene Levy will weigh in because we tweeted Jason Biggs and Eugene Levy in those tweets. And Premier Quest said, that's the plan. Also, what's up with hashtag Adam Hers? You want to get in amongst the convo? Adam Hers was, of course, the screenwriter for American Pie. Um, and after he, after he wrote, after they tweeted us that, I discovered that Adam Hers doesn't actually have like an official Twitter. So I tweeted every Adam Hers I could find at the same time and said, which one of you crazy fellas wrote the first three American Pie movies? And Premier Quiz said, it'd also be fantastic if one of you, looking at you, Eugene, could shed some light on the whole hashtag I'm coming, hashtag justice for Vicky, justice for Vicky situation. Um, and then I said, hashtag other spinoffs canon. Which I think refers to a joke that I cut out of the actual American Pie episode. <laughs> but it's still a valid question. Are the spin-offs canon? Hashtag are the spin-offs canon. Um, I did. I, sh- I don't know if I should say this. I actually tweeted um, Tara... Is it Strong or Reed? I can never remember. Tara Reed. Tara Strong's the voice actress. Yeah, yeah. Tara. I tweeted Tara Reed um, and asked her <laughs> what her dad meant. But I was like, this is a creepy tweet to be sending. Like hey, when you <laughs> pretended to have an orgasm in this film 15 years ago. Yeah. What, what happened? Um, she did not respond. However, both um, Lindsay Ellis, video essay Lindsay Ellis, uh, and Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson did like one of our tweets recently. So that makes up for Tara, <laughs> Tara Reid not um, responding to me asking if... Anyway. Um... We also got an email not long after that from a guy named Eric who lives in Colorado. I actually met Eric um, over this past weekend at a wedding, um, and he's a real great guy. So hi, hi, Eric. Thank you for being a, a fan of the show, and um, thank you, you made for me f- being a friend. Yeah, he made me feel really special because he was one of the groomsmen, and I went up to to say hi to him, and he like insisted I sit. And he down was like, "Sit like down. The, the bride's yeah. about to come walking down the aisle." <laughs> no, it was it was after it was after the ceremony had finished. So he like made me sit down and like well didn't make me but he invited me to sit down I should say and um we just shot the shit and talked about the podcast heaps and he's he's a big fan anyway um he sent us an email I'm not going to read out the whole chain because it was quite long but he did initially write Kiora, Cole Popsha, and good afternoon. I thought you could do with a bit of mail, and what's better than the mail from the United Republic of Donald Trump? I stumbled on your podcast, and when you live-streamed uh, your most disappointing films of 2017, and I have to say, God, that was long. Still, the banter, rants, and AJ's schoolboy spin cap made it worth endless seconds waiting for AJ to type out spoilers for Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Really, though, the episode hooked me, and I began listening to your other episodes, and have loved having you on my radio. The Colorado snow is cold, but the Kiwi company keeps me warm. No homo. Sincerely, the American. What a nice, it's nice beautiful. little email. Um, he also uh, commented on Facebook on our episode, Biggest Oscar Snubs of All Time, which if you only listen to the show on YouTube, um, check out our SoundCloud, because every second week we upload um, a non-film franchise Fortnite's episode, including our Oscar season, which just wrapped up. <clears throat> and so on the biggest Oscar snubs of all time, Eric wrote, I 100% agree. All I know and all I care about because 2049 didn't go for best picture or best original score, for which I have loved, haven't loved a score like this one in ages, is for the love of God, give Roger Deakins an Oscar. Well... He got one. He got it for uh, uh, cinematography. Yay. For Blade Runner 2049. 
Um, while listening to our episode, he said, I felt like a churchgoer in my car listening to that, but being all, yes, amen, preach. Also for snubs, don't yes, forget. Queen. Yas Queen. Also for snubs, don't forget that when Titanic went up for all the those Oscars, they didn't nominate Leo, and it said that because of the snub, he decided not to attend that year. I or thought, ever seem like a fun person. <laughs> I think he thought he'd at least get nominated. Um, Edamon also commented on biggest Oscar snubs and said, "This will be a good one. A pleasant evening walk listening to you suckers. Love it. I like that. I like the idea that people listen to us while we like listening him chicken for him. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Uh, on our Revenge of the Nerds Not film franchise Fortnite, um, Ingham check. No, I didn't know what you meant. I was like, <laughs> I didn't get it. Move, move swiftly on, along. Move on. <laughs> what did you mean? Well, you know, you the ads like Ingham check him. Love him. All right. Um, on our Revenge of the Nerds episode of uh, film franchise Fortnite's, Matt Hall commented, um, I think the incel community is so damaging to the ideas of healthy relationships. Real great discussion. Hope it shows the dangers of thinking of the opposite sex as, an, as a binary in-slash-out system. I think you need to think about the dangers of just thinking about the opposite sex at all. Yeah, yeah, it's dangerous thinking. Um, he also says, by the way, our incel, or whatever it was, low-key, is low-key back as our nice guys. And then he said, hope the move goes well. Yeah, I um, think it did go well. Our nice guys is like more of a taking the piss out of them, but I, I think mm. the actual community is back on uh, brain cells. B r a i n c e l s. Go there and tell them Cole Pop just sent you and send them send them our Revenge of the Nerds episode where we explain that um, being a being a nice guy hashtag nice guy is incredibly toxic and. Um, yeah, Very and also uh, we didn't discuss it in the episode because uh, yeah, I don't know why I felt like we should have explained it, but I didn't realize AJ didn't actually know what incel meant. Um, but I knew what it was. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, if, if you're if you're wondering, to. it's um, it's short for involuntary celibate. So it's people, it's yeah. men um, who think that um, through no fault of their own. Um, are forced into a life of celibacy whether that's because they're fat or they're ugly or they've got bad genes or whatever Um, occasionally you'll get a post from a girl that's like girls can be incels too and then all the guys are like fuck you you can just have sex with whoever you want you're probably going to go have sex with a chad chads Mm. are like the villains of the Mm. incel community Mm. yeah um, on Facebook, uh, Eric once again commented and he said, to answer your question in the podcast, American high schools are like that completely, um, but to be honest, in college, no one cares at all, which actually affirms what we were saying. Yeah, because talking about the clickiness of it all. Yeah, yeah, and Revenge of the Nerds, it's set at a university, but everyone still acts like high school. Um, and Eric goes on to say, honestly, it was the most refreshing thing about going into college. You mean no one cares what I wear or what groups I join? Legend. Uh, you had another question, but I can't remember. It's been ages. Thanks, Eric. Um, and Brent also commented, um, oh, this one doesn't make sense with that context, but he said, what if we're making dinner in the car with our mum and kids? Do they cancel each other out? I think that was because on the Facebook post I said, listen to it while you're in the car or making dinner or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, probably well, you said read, don't read do that. One. Don't listen to, the, to it while you're like making dinner with the kids or in the car with mum because it's a yeah, bit yeah. dirty. That's the rape yeah. one. That's the one where we talk about rape a lot. Yeah. That's true. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, On Romancing the Stone, uh, Tim Tarbor on YouTube says, The Nutty Professor remake kind of falls into that generic childhood film thing you talk about here for me. Never seen the original. I agree. It's it's The Nutty Professor, despite being probably a more um, 
mature and adult oriented film it is I can't quite put my finger on it but it's that late 90s early 2000s comedy the likes of 101 Dalmatians the live action yeah or like version. you know 102 Dalmatians kind of thing yeah or um oh, no that was it wasn't it that was the only two <laughs> Um, on the podcast we also did on SoundCloud um, video game movies and why they all suck Uh, Nick commented saying um, VR is interesting because it's becoming the muddling of video games with movies in a way that wasn't previously possible this VR game The Invisible Hours is probably a good template on how to make a video game by approaching it in terms of immersive theatre and then he posts the trailer down below his comment um, which I mean you can look up by typing in The Invisible Hours trailer um, if you could take a, he says if you could take major game franchises and approach them in the same way it could work uh, that's really that's a really good point um, but I just feel like the more you subvert what making a video game mo- into a movie is, like the less impressive it is. Yeah, you're like, not like following the rules. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more impressive to make a good straight Tomb Raider movie than um, anything else, you know. Uh, and by the way, a little update to our video game episode: Tomb Raider has now taken the mantle of the highest rated video game movie of all time at a whopping fifty percent. Um, so. Good, not great. Still the the exclusive uh, um, uh, reception for video game movies. Um, Craig also commented on this episode on Facebook and said, "Desperate for listener feedback, eh?" Uh, cracks knuckles with an asterisk. Um, did you guys think of covering any? Should I should I read this like a like a guy is annoyed with our lack of lack of research? Did you guys think of covering any survival horror games turned films? Uh, In particular, Resident Evil or the Silent Hill series. He says, The first Silent Hill film deviated from the games considerably, but was written by a respectable at the time writer, Roger Avery, and directed by some French guy who was incredibly faithful to the tone and aesthetic of the games. The sequel wasn't great, but followed the plot of Silent Hill 3, uh, one of the better games, pretty closely. I don't think we're... I don't think either were received all that well, but most horror picks of that era weren't either. I wonder what percentage of critics rated them as video game movies versus horror flicks. Resident Evil films were a lot more average. They deviated a lot more from the source but with both series I'm also curious about whether the game developers all based in Japan and creating a vision of American settings filtered through a pop culture lens were removed enough to create a more nuanced narrative and tone than a Hollywood film studio could that's such a good comment um I have actually quite positive memories of the Silent Hill movie and I wish I'd said something on the on the episode I'm sure if I went back to watch it now it wouldn't be that great but yeah yeah it's um I mean, like, we didn't disregard them. We just, um, we stuck to the, like, top-rated ones, and it just didn't happen to be those. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, on Instagram, um, on the Video Game Movies episode post, someone named Vampvire said, DM me, and then the, like, red 100 emoji. Um, I think that's because the image I uploaded for to advertise the podcast was Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. So I think that Vampvire thinks... We are Alicia Vikander. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Or, like, maybe um, Vampire is Alicia Vikander and she's like, oh, do you guys want to do a podcast with me? Oh. Right. I think I think we should DM them. Yeah. I know should. you were too scared to, but. All right, I will. Okay. Um, What should I say? Hey, what up? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to. Cool. We'll, we'll follow this up next time. Okay, um, no, I can't do it online. Uh, 
Uh, probably one of the the um, most interesting exchanges we've had. This is our final fan mail comment. Um, Irene Phages. I don't know how to say your name. Sorry, Irene. Um, but she was actually our Secret Santa recipient, whom we sent like a an art book. Yeah, I sent her like, like a, a a blank book because I found that while her Twitter was very bare and there wasn't a lot to um, take I managed to find her on Instagram and I found out she's a an artist and a very talented one at that mm. and so I bought her a little uh, sketchbook um, but she commented this comment uh, and I'm glad I replied and cleared up what she meant because otherwise I probably just wouldn't have read this out because um, she said about the video game movie podcast 99% agree with you the Lord of the Rings was cool though I listened to more of your podcasts so here I am like this this fan that we've received in such a cool and interesting like organic way um comments and and her comment like infers that lord of the rings is a video game um so i i I replied and said awesome we hope you enjoy our other episodes lord of the rings is based off a book though not a video game and she says ha that's what happens when you wake up too early after saint patrick's day i was thinking of a good game made after a movie those are pretty rare oh maybe that's another podcast we could do in the future um yeah i'm glad she clarified because otherwise i would have felt really bad for reading it. yeah but you know what the um, best video game based on a movie is tell me spider-man 2 on yeah, ps2 um mm-hmm. sam mm-hmm. sam page nz replied to irene and said those were damn awesome games i wish they'd released them on gog i don't know what gog is comment yeah. below what gog is Goggers. Um, walton goggers <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Um, And thank you for having us in your ears. We'll see you next time. You'll hear us next time. See ya. Laters. Oh my gosh.